Hello, I'm Brett Gilliland, host of the Circuit of Success podcast, and here's what's coming up on the show. Well, there's, I think there's a couple of ways we can go about this question. One of them, which is maybe not actually what you're asking, but I get asked a lot, which is kind of like, how, how do you get into these communities? And yeah. How do you get these breaks, right? How are you uh, advising for these giant companies? How are you getting uh, these, these contracts with these massive athletes? So that's kind of like one. Yeah, um, which I'd be happy to answer. Um, and then the other question is sort of just like, what was it? What did it take, you know, in those first couple of years to get tenure, to get promoted? Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host Brett Gilland. Today I've got Andy Galpin with me. Andy, how you doing, my man? I'm doing amazing. How are you? I am doing great as well. You're uh, you out in California today? What part of California are you at? Yeah, I live in Southern California in uh, Long Beach. Long Beach, very nice. Well, thank you for being with us today. And uh, uh, as the intro says, obviously you've, you've got you've built an amazing career, and uh, you are a world leading expert, man. I feel uh, very blessed to have you on the circuit of success, and so I uh, appreciate your time. But if you could maybe just give us a little lay of the land, Andy, on what's made you the man you are today, and and kind of help getting you to where you've gotten. Yeah, sure. I guess you want a little bit of the the background, is yeah, is that where you're going? Yeah. I always say people don't just okay. wake up and become a doctor, work with athletes, do all the things that you're doing, man. There's a backstory there, and it's it's my job to figure out that backstory. You got it. So I was born in the Pacific Northwest, so in a, in a pretty small community, farming and logging, things like that. So I played every sport uh, growing up, and then, of course, like everyone I grew up with, I did every other job you could possibly do. So working at grocery stores and pumping gas and paying in the summers and um, cleaning stalls and things like that, right? That's just yeah. everyone I grew up with. That's just what you did. Um, I was fortunate to actually, I went and played college football. From there, I got a degree in exercise science and was able to take that. And uh, I got a job down in uh, Tempe, Arizona at a place called Athlete Performance. This is 2004, you know, 2005, something like that. And uh, at, those, at the time, that facility had probably over 200 professional athletes, uh, Hall of Famers, number one draft picks, like very, very high level NFL and major baseball guys. So I was there for about half a year and I realized like for sure I didn't want to be a strength and conditioning coach. It's like my full time job. And um, so I went then back to school and got my master's degree in human movement sciences. And obviously I wasn't competing in football anymore. But I then started competing in, in weightlifting or Olympic weightlifting, as you may you know, see it in the Olympics, um, mm-hmm. competing in combat sports and jiu-jitsu and, and MMA and things like that. Um, then I then got my PhD in what's called human bioenergetics. It's like a fancy way of saying muscle physiology and metabolism and things like that. I continue to work with athletes, um, continue to train and compete in the combat sports. And then uh, 2011, I came out here to California, uh, started my lab, which is called the Biochemistry and molecular exercise physiology lab and then eventually took over the center for sport performance out here so um since then i've been the last you know 11 years or so i've been i've been doing that which is three really major components so component one is i run that research center and we will study anything uh, and disseminate that information we think can enhance human performance and this is anywhere from breathing techniques to uh, you know what types of training are best to uh, taking muscle biopsies and looking at molecular and cellular and genetic components um, of muscle growth and development, yeah. whatever it needs to be. Um, the other part is then I teach in the areas of sports nutrition uh, at the graduate level, 
um, advanced muscle physiology and human performance and things like that. And then I have worked with uh, professional athletes, you know, for a long time now. And um, I've worked with Cy Young winners, MVPs, all pros, all stars, Hall of Famers, gold medalists in the Olympics, silver medalists, world champion fighters in multiple major sports, et cetera. So probably, I don't even know how many at this point, um, but a lot of them and including, you know, currently the number one player in the world in four major of the major American sports. So Dang. Uh, that's the, the big picture, a little bit of <laughs> where I was and, and what I do now. That's awesome, man. Well, I, there's a lot there, right? Cause you don't just become this person that's working with all the, the people you just mentioned. And, and so there's a lot there. So if, I mean, if I were to follow you around the last 10 or 11 years, before we get into the exercise fitness side of things and maybe the mindset, let's talk about what were those, what was, what was Dr. Andy Galpin doing as that low, what, when were you, when you started, how old were you when you started professionally working? Was that late twenties, early thirties? Uh, it was, yeah, I was, uh, finished my PhD at 27. Okay. So, so, I, so if I went 27. back to your 27 year old self, I mean, what am I seeing now to get you to the level? Because there's a lot of people that can go get their doctorate and do the things that you did at school. I shouldn't say a lot, but there, there are people that can do that. But not many of them have taken sure. it to the level you've taken it to. So let's talk about that. Well, there's, I think there's a couple of ways we can go about this question. One of them, which is maybe not actually what you're asking, but I get asked a lot, which is kind of like, how, how do you get into these communities? And yeah. how do you get these breaks, right? How are you... Uh, advising for these giant companies. How are you getting uh, these these contracts with these massive athletes? So that's kind of like one, yeah. um, which I'd be happy to answer. Um, and then the other question is sort of just like, what was it, what did it take, you know, in those first couple of years to get tenure, to get promoted uh, and to go forward? So is there either one of those two you'd prefer? Let's go with, with number one first, and then we'll come back to number two. So basically the same, I like that. It's the, exactly what I was trying to ask, those two questions. Great. So uh, the reason I actually started the conversation with where I come from is because I think it's important people understand that I, I don't come from, I'm not born or raised in LA. My dad wasn't in professional sports. And so I had, I don't know anybody growing up that had a PhD. I didn't know what a PhD was uh, for sure. Even as an undergraduate, I had no idea. I could not have told you the difference between a master's and a PhD. Um, not that people don't have success where I'm from, but it's very, very rare to get out. But People aren't surgeons, and uh, I didn't know anybody famous growing up. I didn't even yeah. know anybody who had met anybody famous. <laughs> like, other than maybe like you went to a Mariners game and Joy Cora was walking around and you got to wave at him or something like right, that. Right, right. That was it, right? So I can I can give you a hundred examples of this uh, throughout my career, but I'll give you a couple, and it directly answers a question, right? It's just like, how did you get these breaks? Well, what I told you is. I did my undergraduate and I played football and then I started working in Arizona with professional athletes. I didn't tell you how I got that job. And that is this. <clears throat> so I was an undergraduate and I actually remember being on recruiting trips and asking sort of like, what are you interested in academically? And I was always like, you know, Hey, human performance, sport performance. And like this programs didn't exist. So they were always like, Oh, okay. Like public health and like athletic training. And I was like, no, like, <laughs> no, <laughs> But that's all we had. So even our exercise science theory, it was really just the exercise of public health and like, how do I get people out of obesity and stuff, whatever. And there was nobody there focusing on human performance, really. So I remember, I think, I think it probably is a senior or junior. Um, one of the faculty members was, you know, sort of like, hey, I want to set up a booth out front uh, where we have blood pressure screening. 
so people can come by, we can check their blood pressure and start teaching people the importance and hey, early signs of, you know, chronic disease, etc. And she's like, does anybody want to do it? And I was like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> and she was just like, great. And she's just like, you know, you want to do this type of stuff? And I was like, absolutely not. I could not be no. less interested. Like, I'm so careless, hate public health. Yeah. I hate it. She's like, do you know how to check blood pressure? And I was like, absolutely no idea. And I was like, great. But she's like, you want help? Or basically, it's like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, if you want help, I'm in. Like, let's do it. It doesn't matter, right? That's just that's just where I came from. It's just like, yeah, work. Put on the work boots. Hey, 100%. Right? It's just like, take your shot. So I did that. And I sat there in the core, cold Oregon rain and just nobody came by. And I didn't do anything. <laughs> it's just they like, didn't even want to do it. You didn't want to do it. They didn't want to do it. Nobody. I'm a college football player. I'm trying to get a degree in an area that I was grossly underprepared for, by the way, like coming from the academics in my high school, I, you know, I didn't have the free couple of hours, but I did it anyways. Yeah. Well, a year or something goes by and she called, emailed me and something is actually probably saw me in the hallway. I didn't really use email much back then. And she's just like, Hey, um, one of our former alumni is working up at Adidas and Adidas headquarters is in Portland. And um, they have an opening for somebody to run the corporate wellness gym. Do you want to do it? And I was like, fuck yeah. And she's like, do you have any, any, do you want to know how much it gets paid? And I was like, nope. Like, <laughs> I'm in. It was like, great. So I was driving, leaving my house at like 3.15, 3.30 in the morning to drive all the way up to Oregon, or up to Portland to open up the gym by like 6 a.m. Uh, and then get that done to get back to practice typically started at like 2 or about 3, but you got to be there or whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll do that shift. And I was minimum wage, probably, if, if anything. This is like, okay. And so I was up there for a while and uh, I, I started getting early because where I'm from, my dad worked in, in road construction and we worked in the farm. So it's like, if your shift started at 7 a.m., if you got there at 6.50, you were for sure going to get fired. <laughs> that you're absolutely going to get fired, right? Yeah. Like no chance. So I was just showing up like a half an hour early, just like way, and i like, I have a long drive. What if I run out of gas? Like all these contingencies, right? So just to make sure I was never late. So all, because of that, I was always way early. Well, what I noticed is people were there in the gym waiting to get in. I'm like, damn, there's just people here. Like, so I'll just let them in. And they noticed that. And they're just like, they got really excited. And so I ended up just like treating these people super well. And there's nobody in the gym. So I was basically like personal training them, even though I wasn't like supposed to be. Yeah. So I'm just like hustling on these people. Well, it ends up being like two of them just worked in the smoothie shop or something on campus, you know, where I get the work in. But the other like four of them were on the executive team. And I didn't have any idea who was who or anything. And I just was just treating everybody like they were CEO, right? Uh, it didn't take very many months for one of the guys to be like, hey, we have these associates in Arizona. I think like, you know, we put in a word for you. I think that's where you should actually be. Like they knew I didn't want to be a corporate yeah. wellness person, right? But I was just training them as best I could. So I was like, dope. So that's how I got that opportunity. And that was a really tough spot to get down there. This is the only facility in the world like it at the time. So I, I guess the reason I'm saying is like, I come back to how did I get that break? It's because I sat in the rain and checked blood pressure, doing nothing I wanted to do with no time I had. How do I get that next break? Because I drove an hour and a half every day, you know, for minimum wage, probably lost money after I paid At gas. At three in the morning. At three in the morning. You're like, that's how I got those breaks. And I could tell you every single story that I have about the next biggest break, the next biggest break, it's always, it's, it's the same story over yeah. and over again. It's just different pieces. 
Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, I think, and I've said this numerous times for some reason, this is a theme coming up lately, it seems like, but how many um, people, they, they only want to do something if it's going to benefit them immediately, right? I think that's the world we live in. And it's like, I, I think of the grind I used to have as a young financial advisor 21 years ago. And, you know, they said make 40 phone calls while I was making 75 to 100, right? And it sucks calling people. Nobody wanted to talk to you. Especially then, people answered their phones because there wasn't caller ID. You'd say who they are, and boom, they'd hang out. I mean, it was terrible, right? But that's the grind that we got to go on, whether it's business, it's fitness, it's investments, whatever it may be. That's the stuff that we got to do every day. And and so what I'd love to spend time on is that optimum, um, kind of what I'd call optimal performance, right? So let's talk the mental side and then maybe the physical side as well. Uh, on what you're doing. How are you helping people, these these MVPs, if you will, be at the peak of their performance and use the lens of the businessman or woman that's driving down the road. Listen to this right now. Yeah, you got it. So actually this works well because, you know, I've had the professional athletes, but I also have a company called Rapid Health Optimization. And that is specifically for non-athletes that basically want the athlete treatment. So I'm going to describe to you what we do with the athletes. And Rapid health. What was model. it? Optimization. Optimization. Okay. This is the exact same model that you go through. Um, and we have, we have been doing that for quite a while um, with, I promise you, he didn't put me up to this for those of you listening. This is a legitimate <laughs> yeah, question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is exactly what this company does. Okay. So, uh, here's what we do. We like, the general philosophy is this. Uh, I want to give people extraordinarily high levels of precision with whatever they're asking them to do. That way we don't waste time. There are infinite things you could do or might help or help a little bit. But what are those three to five things that we call performance anchors? So these are things that are holding you back and dragging down your ship the most. If I can find those and pull those out and then get out of the way, you'll start taking off, right? You'll hit speeds you've never reached and you'll do it with less friction, less resistance. It'll be easier. That's what we're after. Mm. So in order to do that, we have to do an incredibly detailed analysis to figure out what those things truly are. Uh, people will sometimes refer to these as things like, these are root causes rather than symptoms. So we're going after solutions to solve problems, not cover up symptoms. And when we do that, then we just get out of the way and physiology takes you to unbelievable levels. Um, so what we do is we have a, a two-step process. Step one is what we call decode. So this typically takes us something like 60 days, and we run giant experiments on you, and we want to know four primary things. I want to know every single thing that goes in your body, every food you eat, where you get your water from, what type of toothpaste you use, where's your shampoo coming from, everything that goes in your body. Number two, everything that comes out of your body, saliva, stool, urine, blood, more blood, some more blood after that, a little bit more blood when you're done with all that blood, sometimes hair, anything else we possibly need. Step number three, how that all makes you feel. So we use a, a bunch of scientifically validated questionnaires and a bunch of other things I've used in my practice for a long time. And then the fourth component there is how you perform. So we want to actually, actually test performance. So we're going to see how your body functions. We're going to track a whole bunch of things. Um, this could even include doing things in your own home, in your own bedroom. So there are cases in which we want to dive extremely hard into sleep with uh, another company called Absolute Rest. They can come back and talk more about this. But this is a full-grade clinical sleep study done in your own bedroom, in your own house. This is full eye scanning. 
brain tracking or uh, eye tracking and brain scanning, full environmental analysis of your bedroom. So this is any of the dander or allergens or pollen in the air. This is any organic uh, compounds coming out of your mattress or formaldehyde or mold or any of these things, right? So we're, and you're we're doing all this different. from, you're in California. Sorry to interrupt. This is amazing. So you're in California. I'm here in you know St. Louis. You're doing this through me. I hire you guys and, and that's how we're doing it. Yeah, we show up, we come to your house. Oh, you physically come to my house. Yeah, yeah. We're going to send a scientist to your house oh, wow. to run that whole thing. We're going to send a phlebotomist to your house or, or your gym or your office or like right. you tell us where. We, we've got people all over. You know, it's just like, hey, I'm in here. I'm like, okay, great. We'll meet you there. We'll send us somebody. We'll take the blood for you. I mean, you got to do your own stool sample. I'm not going to take that <laughs> one for you. All right. Thank you. I'm uh, glad. I thought that was maybe else, part of your job duties, but maybe not. Hey, now you, you'll get it. You'll get a scientist, um, you know, to your house uh, um, with a sleep study for sure to run that thing. And then for the other stuff, yeah, we'll send a phlebotomist to your house and, and just take care of everything. Wow. I told you, this is the built, like, this is the $100 million athlete model, right? It's like, yeah, we're not going to have you drive to seven labs and set lab core appointments, like. No, we're going to handle all that stuff for you. And like someone's going to show up and take care of it and you're going to go back to work. And it's like an annual fee or one-time fee, a monthly fee. How do people, and you don't have to get into the numbers right now if you don't want to, but how, how does that work? Yeah, it generally, you, well, there's sometimes some payment options, but it's, yeah, it's a one-time fee. And then typically it's an eight-month program. Okay. So typically, depending on your schedule more than ours, actually, it takes us about two months to get all the information. And then we generally need about six months to correct everything. Okay. So there's and be correcting, you may say, hey, this is your mattress is terrible. Get a new mattress because this stuff's coming out of it. You're using the wrong shampoo for your blood type. I mean, whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, this is, I mean, probably not that second example, but close. Yeah. Um, okay. More like, uh, hey, you need to focus on stress management. You need to actually, like, like your biggest problem is you've got this fungal overgrowth. You've got this micronutrient deficiency. And then your cardiovascular fitness isn't sufficient. But your actually problem is your leg strength isn't good enough. You don't have enough muscle, and you're actually um, have uh, known toxins exposure. So we got to get that cleared out or whatever. So we try to boil it down to something like two to five things. Now what happens is once we complete that decode, then you get put on that optimization plan. Which sometimes again it takes two months. Sometimes it's okay. five to six months. And then you have a dedicated coach for the entire thing that that runs you through everything. And then what's most important for for the athletes, but it's most important for your listeners too, is um, the reason why this thing takes five months and reason you have a, a weekly coach or unlimited coach, really, talk, call me anytime you want, is because we can't just dump all that on your plate right now. So in addition to all those solutions, we build them out in the order you need to accomplish them such that it's realistic. Right. And okay. so we'll say like, Hey, you're going to do this phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. Right. And it's like eventually roll it out. So by the end of the five months, so like, for example, the mattress thing, you kind of said that actually might be on our list, but we might say, Hey, like that's our fifth priority. So let's get to that month five right now. Okay. You've got this thing that's got to get cleaned up in your blood. You've got this other thing happening and your, your brain focuses down your sex, sex drive is way off. Your uh, you know, any number of things, right? Um, brain fog is there. We got to do A and B to clean those up. Then we can get to, I don't like the water filter you're using in your house, but right now you can't get through your day without crashing in the afternoon. We're going to fix that with 
this here first or whatever. So wow. it's all built out in order in a system for you. So you just sort of have to show up every week um, and, and follow whatever your coach has on. And then by the end of the five months, everything will get taken care of and you'll be, you'll be on a new level. That's so. amazing. And what, do you, and what are you finding then in those? Like, is there a common thing that you're seeing in today's world for those people that want peak performance? And that may be somebody that's a you know police officer driving down the road. It could be a sales rep, a stay-at-home mom, dad, whatever it may be. Are you finding common themes? So the way that uh, our, our solutions come in really six general areas. So area one is physical fitness and survival yep. capacity, which is like your fitness, exercise. Area number two is stress management. Area three is sleep. Area four is nutrition. Area five is supplementation. And then area six is what we call X factor. So that's anything else that didn't fall in one of those five categories. So the question is, what are the more prominent ones that we see? Unfortunately, there is no like ones because sometimes it's entirely X factor. Sometimes it's entirely comes down to sleep. Sometimes it's entirely about you're eating a good diet. It's just not, not right for your body. And then we just make some dietary changes and we're like, holy shit, everything went away. Yeah. My skin cleared up. Um, like those rashes and psoriasis are now gone. Like all we did was change my diet a little bit. Sometimes it's, you know, specific supplementation. A lot of times because supplements are so easy, people can actually get themselves into problems because they're taking sort of weird combinations that aren't right for their body. And so we actually can get you on one that's more precise for your body. And then just everything goes away. Okay. You know, like all the bad stuff. Um, sometimes it is exercise related. Sometimes it's breath work. Uh, it's just, it really sort of depends. There is no common themes. What I, what I can say is we oftentimes get people who are like, I'm pretty health conscious. I've actually been spending a lot of time the last couple of years and a lot of money. I feel a little bit better, but I'm not really totally sure. You're like, oh, okay. You just don't have precision. That's the problem. It's like you listen to this podcast, you tried this. You heard this from your friend, you tried that. But you don't have any idea of whether or not that was actually the right thing or if it's if it's counteracting something else or making something worse. So that's the part where people are just like, man, there's too much going on here for me to figure yeah. all this stuff out. And so we just say, look, give me two months. Give me two months and we'll get all these things figured out for you and there'll just be no more guesswork. Which is amazing, right? You're, you're right. I listen to podcasts. They're like, oh, you got to take this vitamin. And it's like, well, hell, I don't know. You, you haven't done my blood work. You don't know if that's good or bad for me, right? Oh, boy. Like, don't get me started on that. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I can't I can't tell you how many. Um, you know what we've been getting a lot of lately is a lot of TRT rejects. Hmm. So a lot of people who get so excited about TRT and they get it from either their friend who's a doctor or just like a a thing and then it works amazing for six weeks or eight weeks or four months and then a year later they come to us and they're just like i feel awful mm. we're just like you, you you cannot play even it's just like a little bit of dhea just like a little bit of a little bit of this i just took a little i just took one and they and they just train wreck themselves so yeah. they feel awful um so we've been getting a lot of that one for some reason lately interesting because it's yeah they just hear it on stuff and they're just like hey testosterone is so important and all of us are low in testosterone they hear all these things so just take a little bit it's safe it is safe it's not like dangerous but if you don't really understand the complexity of the system then you just start running into all you've done is is like we said earlier like you've kind of covered up the symptom but you didn't figure out well why is your testosterone low to begin with yeah that's the problem so that's what we do is we figure that thing out and then we solve that problem and then it just doesn't it's just not low anymore 
You don't have to worry about cycling this on top of that and then taking the next one and then taking the next one and just always catch. You got to you got shit to do. Yeah. You really want to make sure you're worrying about all that stuff all the time. Just get it all solved and let physiology yeah. take care of everything and get out of the way. I'm glad I asked the question, man. That's 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 phenomenal. We could probably stop the podcast there and just have everybody just call you up and, and get it done, right? Say, <laughs> so there's the podcast. Yeah. I, ladies I don't and know gentlemen. if you realize you're just like five minutes in, you're going to give me a 20 minute promo for my book company. There exactly. You go. Yeah, you had one question on the whole podcast, and uh, Andy's now this guy a just pitch, 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 pitch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but but you know what, man? It's not a pitch because you're you're absolutely right. Like you can see this sticker here on my microphone: "Future greater than your past" is helping people achieve a future greater oh, than your cool. past. That's what we do as our firm. It's what I do personally. That's when time stops for me, man. It's just, it just I can talk about this stuff for hours because I, the point of this podcast is to help that person. One, I don't care if one person listens to this, right? And we just help yeah. that one person. Man, your goal was met. My goal was met. We help them achieve a future grade in your past. And so it's not a pitch when you're really serving people. Um, but yeah. let's, let's do give them maybe some... If, if, if you're even open to this high level type things, because obviously you've not done my blood work or anybody else's and all the other two months worth of work that you've done. But if I follow, let's just pick on you. If I follow Andy Galpin around, what am I seeing? No miss items that you're doing every day without fail. Yeah. So there's a couple of things to say here. Um, I'm going to directly answer your question, but I need to give it a little bit of context first. I promise I won't go too long. No, you're a fine. Major, major mistake people make is worrying too much about optimization. And here's what I mean. Uh, let, imagine a bowling alley, or a bowling lane rather, right? Okay. You've all deep done bowling before with the bumper on the side, right? And everyone will come in and say, hey, I gotta throw my bowling ball directly down the middle, right? I gotta go make sure, and I'm, I'm trying to improve making sure that bowling ball is optimized, being on the optimal path, because I don't wanna hit the bumpers. Okay, fine. And you're so concerned about making sure your bowling ball is on the exact right spot on the lane. You could also reduce your chances of hitting the side by just widening the lane. And now everything, even if it is 10 or 15 or 20% off, still is optimal because it's still nowhere near the bumper. Hmm. That's exactly what we have to pay attention to. That's what we call resilience. So I don't want to make you what we call precious which is like you have to do 15 things every single day to order to have a good day. I want you to be far more resilient. So I, I love morning routines. These are fine. But people become a victim to these things so quickly that we have to go, no, no, you've actually just become super sensitive. So now if you don't have your specific 20-minute routine this and five-minute this and this and this and this, all of a sudden you can't fucking function. Right. You've become really, really, really precious. So we have to make sure two things. There's optimization, and then there's adaptation on the other end of the spectrum. You cannot get both at the same time. So what we want to do is work a balance. Um, so when you ask about like what are the whatever things I do that are non-negotiables, I don't have any of them for that exact reason. There are certain things I like to do generally, but I, I, I make sure that I'm not a victim to having to have a specific daily thing. Um, exercise is obviously very high on my list, but I do not exercise every single day, right? Now I would like to, but sometimes I don't want to. Sometimes like I want to sit, I want to sit on my couch and watch the entire master's tournament. <laughs> like that's what's going to happen, right? I've got to watch nine hours of golf today. Like right. what? Oh yeah. yeah. Like my yeah. wife's just like, how? Yeah, exactly. I justify it, right? Because I'm like, oh, I'm trying to watch blah, blah, blah. Because I got, I got a bunch of guys on tour right now. Yeah. Like, like several that are always in contention, right? I love it. Um, 
but she's just like, but really, did you have to watch every single shot of their six hour round? It's for work, like, honey. Yes. <laughs> for work, honey. <laughs> like, you haven't seen the kids. Like, ah, they'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be Anyhow. Um, so yeah, my day is better. I'm more productive, happier, all the things when I exercise. Some days I don't worry about. Um, I love all kinds of things, but I also need to be in a position to where, um, like, for example, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Montana hunting for a week. Like, I need to be as good then as I am here, right? Which is just like, I didn't have a chance to wake up. I didn't gratitude journals. It's like, I got up on a few hours sleep. I hiked my ass for six hours. Like, I had, I didn't get to optimally hydrate. I didn't get to, like, it's just like, you still need to have a great day, right? I don't want to have a headache and brain fog because I didn't, you don't want to be there, right? So the same thing is with sleep. Some people have big problems creating their sleep routines. And you're like, oh, I sleep optimally, and you're just like, wait a minute, you have to have this, 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 and you had to have this two-hour routine. You're, what happens when you travel? Oh, I sleep terrible. Of course you do. Right. You made yourself super, super sensitive. Like you, you can't do it that way. That's that's why you sleep like shit on the road. It's because you're yeah. too precious at home. That's why. So uh, I didn't answer your question at all, but that's like, I'm very careful about those things. Well, I think it's real though, man. Cause I, I asked that question a lot as even on the day, cause there's, there's plenty, what you just said, I totally connected with, man. There's plenty of days and, and trust me, I'm, I'm a guy journal. I do have my morning routine, like the, you know, from exercise to my journal to whatever it may be. And that's for me because I know I win the day and it causes less stress. I'm happier and healthier and more productive when I do that. Right. So I know that works for me. It may not work for everybody else. Um, but I think what you're saying is it, you're just being real, right? You're just being truthful. And to, your, to use your word precious, I mean, that's the thing that sometimes we do. We get so focused on being perfect that it can screw the whole rest of the day up. And then you beat yourself, you beat your ass the whole day. Not good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or it's actually not even you. It, it's actually a thing, right? So you actually yeah. do feel worse yeah. on those days. Okay, so, great. Yeah. So what I encourage people to do is is to develop a, a routine that they know makes them feel tremendous. I just don't want you to use it every single day. And I want you to actually practice sometimes intentionally not using it. Yeah. And that's, that's how we end up in a really, really good spot. Right. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, like what I generally do in the mornings up, I'm always going to generally try to do some sort of movement. Um, hydration is there. I'm also going to be spending kid time. No question. I try to protect those times as much as I possibly can. Yeah. I refuse to do, work and podcast and stuff in the morning, like hang out with my kids for a little bit. Um, and then I'm sort of off and rolling, right? And you're going to train at some point throughout the day. I don't train in the mornings. Um, I'm going to see my kids in these other various spots. So like I kind of anchor things around that. Like basically if I can get movement and I can get my kids stuff in, the rest of the day can can work itself around. And I have yeah. specific little things I like to do. Like um, I actually find that I generally like to do – some sort of human interaction as early as possible, meeting wise, which mm. is counter to what a lot of people will tell you is like protect your mornings for creative times and stuff like that. Um, I actually kind of like to get those done out of the way first. And then I feel like that gives me actually a pretty good amount of energy. And then I want like three hours of nobody, nobody around. So, <laughs> so isn't that funny? Again, I think this is important because I, I'm the opposite. I don't, I don't want to have a meeting first, first thing, but that late morning that, you know, that 10 o'clock, that 1030 for me, I love my meetings in the middle of the day. So I like my morning open and my afternoon. But I think it, what I'm what I'm hearing is you and I probably spend a lot of time testing that and knowing it and then just committing to it and being okay with it, right? Yeah, 100%. Like I actually, so the reason I like it for myself 
is I tend to have a huge burst of solution in the morning. And I actually want to dump that to somebody generally. I'm just yeah. like, hey, boom, do this, blah, 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 blah. And I don't want all these things to type it out. So I just fire it off to somebody. What do we have to do today? What do we have? Update on somebody overnight, different time zone. This athlete needs this. Got it, got it, got it. And I like all these things done. And then I can go do the stuff I have to because I feel free. Because all those things are taken care of. People are off. They're doing their stuff. Yep. Everybody's taken care of. And now I'm good. As opposed to sitting there like trying to be creative and trying to write or read or do whatever. While I'm like, man, I wonder who an ex-athlete's doing. Like they needed this thing. <laughs> are they okay? What's their weight at? You know, right. how did they feel last night? We tried this experiment. How did it go? I, I, I can't focus. I want to know those answers. I want to give them what they're doing, get off and then get going. And that's, that's done within a half an hour in the mornings. I'm off, so I'm off the roll on. So. so can you just give me some feedback if you can selfishly here? So I, I try to do weights three times a week, cardio twice. And then what I call mobility, it's like a golf thing I do. It's called golf forever. Actually, it's awesome tool. And uh, so when you hear that three times weights, two times cardio mobility, one time, how do you feel? Okay. It's, it's, it's okay. Um, I would probably push, obviously I want to know more details and you say weights. I want to know what kind. And when you say cardio, I want to know what kind I would probably say that's not enough cardio. If I had to, uh, without knowing anything about you more than what you've heard on camera so far, um, I'd probably say three, three, three conditioning, two lifting generally. So that's, uh, interesting. So the three cardio to, uh, one lifting. I just think people generally underserve. Um, there's lots of different types of conditioning and it also needs to be dosed more frequently. You can get away with dosing strength training um, a little bit less frequently. You cannot get away with not doing fitness, not for very long. So okay. it, it would, again, it would really depend on what you're doing in those workouts. So yeah. some people kind of like lift weights and they're doing a pretty good, like if you're doing like in a circuit fashion and your heart rate's elevated, sustained for a long time, then you might be good. If yeah. your cardio is 20 minutes on the Stairmaster, or your cardio is a 20 minute walk, then it's like, this is not cutting it here. Right. Um, if your cardio is, I do an hour of spin class. Okay. Like that's pretty good. Actually. You're, you're probably getting pretty good. So it would depend on details. Okay, cool. 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 Um, when you look also, back, I would I mean, say mobility once a week is not enough. Not enough. No. Okay. Especially if you're going to be playing golf. Um, yeah. You, you got to have some more. How, how often do you, I assume you play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once or, you know, once or twice a week and the, well, I mean, not now because it's freaking 25 degrees here, but, um, but yeah, in the, in the, you know, April through October timeframe, uh, yeah. yeah, I try to play twice a week. So that's, I mean, you're, you're going to have 300 swings throughout that day. Probably that's, so there's a lot of correction that needs to kind of happen to reverse all that stuff. Maybe, maybe about 140 swings in those two rounds, but <laughs> Uh, anyway, I digress. I digress. Uh, so again, following you around. Okay. I'm just looking at my notes here. Um, how do we, when you think about self-defeating thinking versus maybe positive thinking, when you hear me say those two things, how do we, how do we, um, how do, how do we defeat that self-defeating thinking? How do we get over that and get into the positive world? Well, I'm not a mental health specialist at all. So take that for what you will. Um, all I can talk about is what works for me personally. Yep. And the way that I will generally work with athletes, if, if we th see that they need anything in this area, we're going to outsource, right? So I have wonderful yep. sports psychologists we work with and therapists. Okay. So caveats out. Yep. Nobody sue me. Um, <laughs> it, honestly, for me, it goes back to 
the way I was raised, right? Which was, you, you kind of nailed it when I was talking about it. This is like, it's a very much, it was a culture of like, I don't really care whose fault it was, but it's your responsibility at this point. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it, that works for me, that type of like, uh, it doesn't matter if it was fair or not. Like here's a golden opportunity to get better. Um, that stuff resonates. It doesn't work with everybody. Sometimes I actually work in a, in a Cal State Fullerton. We have a lot of people who come from disadvantaged homes, uh, first-generation students. That stuff doesn't always work with them because life has been extraordinarily hard. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, this is not helpful. Um, so for those folks, you have to be like, do the opposite almost, where it's just like compassionate. Way there. For me personally, it works perfectly. It works perfectly, right? It's just like, it doesn't matter if, like if, um, and also, I'll, I'll say this, because of my football background. So in football, um, you have a very short amount of time to make corrections. If another team is out scheming you, you have to figure that out very quickly and make changes. So you have to be able to go to the sidelines or in between in 20 seconds or less with 11 people figure out who screwed up and why. And you learn very quickly that it, it, it's, it's not about whose fault is it, oh my God, I'm mad at you. It's about, we got to get this thing fixed in 20 seconds before they do this again. And we right. lose. So that, that actually, it was a, especially in college, it was not the same in high school. It's just a different level in college. And we were a very successful team. So it was very easy for, for me to learn that lesson of like, hey, like how the hell did this guy get open? Oh yeah, I did this. Okay, great. Remember, oh yeah, got it, boom. And you did, you let go of that like, oh my God, it's my fault, I feel bad. And you just go straight to like, it's my fault, awesome. Now we're not confused on why this has happened. The worst scenario is like, what happened? Everyone goes, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And they keep beating you. And you're just like, what's happening? And like, that is the worst case scenario. The best case scenario is like, oh, me coach, I screwed up, I totally tanked that one, great. Whew, everyone relaxes and goes, all right, cool. You all make mistakes, nobody cares. It's really hard when you can't figure out why. So my answer to your question is that for me is it's like, when I figure out that it's like something that I screwed up or when I found that the problem, if it's one of my grad students, and this is how I mentor my students, by the way, is when they make a mistake and they're just like waiting to get yelled at the first time, I'm always like, awesome. Amazing. Cool. Now we know why. Now I don't have to spend the next, we've actually had this happen in my lab before where something got contaminated and we just spent a month and I can't tell you probably $20,000 or more, uh, which is a lot for that lab. Yeah. And a month of time to figure out like, why are these experiments not working? We just could not figure it out. And then eventually one of the students was like, oh yeah, like I, I may have mixed that thing into there. And I was like, Jesus. It's like just, just tell me you would have right. saved us twenty grand. <laughs> it's like, and you twenty like, grand. Yeah, <laughs> no, never. But that's part of like the, the process because they're just like, yeah. oh, and they were so caught up in exactly what you said, which is like the negative thing, the stuff like I'm gonna get in trouble versus like I don't care about getting in trouble. I just care about finding a solution. Yeah. So that's how it works for me, and that's how I try to, to run my lab. But uh, yeah, it, it won't work for everyone. So I, I read this somewhere off as on your Instagram or maybe another podcast you're on, but it said lack of cognitive demand is primary is the primary driver for dementia and late onset Alzheimer's. So talk to us. What is that? What does that mean by lack of cognitive demand? Yeah. So this is my paper from my friend, Tommy Wood. Tommy is a PhD MD at the university of Washington neuroscientist. Um, and uh, he had a really great paper that came out. So, uh, let's break those things down a little bit. Dementia is dementia, right? Lack of cognitive function over time. And then late Alzheimer's, 
late onset Alzheimer's is different from early onset. So you probably know of people or heard of people that get you know um, Alzheimer's at like 35 years old. All right, this is not what we're talking about. That's that's more of like what we we'll call early onset. Um, late onset is you're 65, 70, 75, and just like you're getting dementia, Alzheimer's, and it's like you don't even really know what it is per se because you just have this giant loss of cognitive function. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. Now, what the cognitive testing is is um, in that paper, Tommy like presented pretty good information, pretty good evidence rather that just like the adage of your muscle, where it's sort of like you don't lose it, you use it. And we've said the same thing for your brain, but he actually found and was able to outline the molecular mechanisms pretty well of why that exactly happens. And then of course, on the end of that, he had six criteria of exactly what to do about it. And so what he's basically showing is if you don't use your brain in a challenging task, it's uh, your, your chances of getting dementia just like if you don't use your muscles, they, they go mm. away. So what he showed were things like this, everything from learning music, uh, even playing music or listening to music, um, social connection, uh, physical exercise. Um, he had a whole host of other things like brain tasks and um, things you can uh, like brain puzzles and stuff like that, even video games. All these things actually cause your brain to work and think. And one of the major mistakes people make is they're like, oh, I work so hard, so my brain is always on. And actually, he showed pretty clearly that's not the case. So a lot of folks who have a busy job, if it's not actually cognitively demanding, even though you think it's like it's stressful or it's time consuming, then you're not getting any protective benefits of it. Hmm. And so that was like pretty clear um, that you need to actually be going out of your way to do something that's challenging or your brain. Um, another one is actually proprioception. So this is things like learning a sport or being unbalanced or surfing, skateboarding, being in nature where sensor input is changing and your brain has to bring in the new smells, the new sounds, the new balance, the new um, distance that something is away from you. That is also a cognitive challenge. And that was actually explaining why people say things like get out in nature, but he's actually showing why that actually matters. So. Hmm. You don't have to do all these things for the protective benefits. You just need at least one of them, but you're probably better off having a couple of them. Okay. I, I, it's funny you say that about the, even though you think you're busy, you're using your brain. I, I wonder sometimes because I'm, I'm pretty dialed into what I do every day at my normal work at Visionary Wealth Advisors. And then, you know, then I do a podcast, right? And it's like, I'm talking about basically the same things every day, all day. And I'm like, man, I wonder if I'm not quote, quote unquote diversified enough in my brain thinking, right? <laughs> You're probably not, because at this point, you're probably very good at those things, too. Yeah. So it's it's not actually that challenging. So it's, in fact, if you look at like um, people who speak multiple languages versus people who are learning that second language, the protective benefit is far greater for the people learning than the people that speak it, mm. which suggests, again, it's not the actual task. It's the novel challenge. It's the challenge, yeah. yeah. Huh. So, so my, our, my like eight-year-old, if, as we do uh, bedtime each night, he's been having me do crossword puzzles. We do We do one or two crossword puzzles. Is that helping? Oh, of course. How about Wordle? Yeah. Is that helping me? I don't. I don't know. I've actually never. <laughs> I know it's on your phone. I know it's the, the crazy. I yeah. don't actually know what it is, though. So yeah, it's probably um, helping me, but also yeah. hurting me because it's on my phone, right? I'm getting the blue light and all that other crap before bed. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Um, yeah. that's actually one of that. That'll be a part of our. That's part of our program too with our executive folks is making sure that, especially as they get into that age bracket, that they have some part of their weekly routine that is actually checking off a couple of those boxes. Yeah. 
I love it. So if you, uh, if you had more time right now, cause obviously with businesses and teaching and, and kids and being a spouse, all that stuff, what is it that you, you wish you had more time to do right now? Play golf. There you go. <laughs> like you'll see me yeah. walking around the house. It's like constantly lining stuff up. And yeah. It. She's just like, why don't you go play? I'm like, yeah. All right, yeah. Yeah. Can I take um, the next five hours, honey, away from home and, uh, and go play that's golf? The, right? That's that's the shitty part about golf. Yeah, like, it is, man. It. <laughs> like I can go in my garage and train, and I could be in there in twenty minutes if I actually had to. You know, forty-five yeah. minutes. Like I can't go to the range. I'm just yeah. Like, don't even. No. No. I'm, I'm not gonna go play. Like I'm not going to the range. No. I'm not gonna do that. That's why again, just like you're watching the Masters for work, I'm I'm doing work, right? Whether it's with clients or our advisors, I'm I'm going working when I'm golfing, and then the rest is on the weekends. You know. Totally. Good stuff. <laughs> Totally. My well, kids this has been awesome, man. Right it's um, I, I mean, we've got a, a lot more questions, but I think a lot of them are going to come back to um, you know, your deal, right? The rapid health optimization. Not to keep plugging that, but I mean, it is right. So I was going to say, you know, talk about energy management. Well, it kind of probably depends what vitamins or supplements. It depends, you know, what what I need to be eating. It depends, you know. I mean, there's so many things, and you're so spot on with this, man. That I would say hats off to you because I've not seen anybody else, and I, you know, you're the 313th person I've interviewed and I've been doing this for 20 years. I've not heard of anything like this, especially for executives. Cause you're, you're right. It's usually the, I won't name names, but the, the MVPs of the world, right. The, and the, in the, in the master's champions that are getting this type of stuff. And uh, so I think it's awesome what you're doing. So last thing I'll ask, um, well, two things. One is the cold plunge uh, or a sauna infrared sauna. I just got an infrared sauna and I'm spending about, 18 to 22 minutes a day in there at about 140 degrees, maybe 100 if it takes a while to heat up, 132 degrees, somewhere in there. Give me the feedback on that. How do you feel about my infrared sauna usage? It's okay. Okay. Don't make me feel bad about the major purchase I just made, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) And all the money I I spent building it into my fitness room. I'm not a a hugest fan of infrared personally. Um, They don't, don't get hot enough. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that's funny okay. because I sweat bullets, man. It's like, it feels, I, I feel like uh, this euphoric feeling when I get out of there. It, it is, it is amazing. So, um, I don't yep. know what the science I, is behind it, but it, it's incredible. Well, this is actually one of the things that you'll hear me say constantly is, um, the science is you. So if, if you are getting out of there feeling significantly better then you are feeling significantly better, then that yeah. is a good thing. Like good things are happening. Yeah. Hundred percent. I don't really care what any paper says in terms of the optimal time, or what any paper says in terms of the optimal temperature. If you're like, no man, like I get out of there and I feel incredible, like then you're you're winning. Like that that that's yeah. a huge thing. So I I like um, other sort of twists on that story a little bit better, but it's a bit nitpicky. Um, yeah. And, and what's an example? Like, what's the twist that you like better? Well, I like I like water immersion better than air. So I like being people being in cold or in hot bath or jacuzzi better than air, unless you can get into a full sauna and you can get um, really, really, really hot. So we'll like we generally aim for over two hundred degrees. Okay. Sort of two fifteen to hundred. Um, you don't have to start there though. Yeah. So well, I, I literally think I would die if I did that. There's times when it's one hundred and four. <laughs> I think it goes up to one forty nine. I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is brutal. Like, it's yeah. brutal. And so what, so yeah. my, I have a, we have a spa deal. So how, how high or how hot should I set that for your hot water? Um, that would be, obviously it's closed now cause it's 25 degrees. Well, I guess I can keep it open, but, um, how yeah. hot do you get that one? 
well, that's different because now you got to worry about burning your skin. Right, right. So if you get in there and it's one fifteen, like, yeah, yeah, you're gonna get yeah. real nice and hot, but you're gonna—that's you, not gonna feel good. Um, so it, the temperature I'm most worried about there, because it's direct contact, so surface area yeah. is much higher. So yeah. get in there, um, don't burn your skin. Okay. Like, don't don't get in there and have your you skin. You said 102, like 104, something like that. You're you're okay with that? I'm feeling good on that. Yeah. It's hotter now. Totally I'm sweating. Fine. Yeah. Yep, yep, and you you can hang out in there and do it. I mean, either way, like I said, they're both fine. Yeah, um, you're gonna you're gonna get most of the physiological benefits from either of those things. And so my my advice to you would be like, if you just put that thing in your house, to just keep using it. Yeah, it's great. Okay. That's good enough. Um, well, yeah. How often are you using it? Uh, well, right now it's it's built into my pool, so it's it's uh it's not movable. Um, and so it's right. uh yeah, so not at all right now, actually at all. <laughs> So, yeah. uh, but, but again, that sauna, I mean, the sweating on that is, is like a, something I've never done before. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It, so good. Okay. And that's probably like, you know, again, a lot of these things are about building lifestyle habits as well. Yeah. So you don't want to make perfect be the enemy of good. Right. I like that. It's a great saying. And last couple things here that I sold you, uh, but the power of sleep and the power of hydration. you're not going to find anything probably more impactful on every aspect of your life than sleep. Um, hydration is the easier one. Uh, look, water yeah. is the only thing that every living species has to have. So that should tell you it's involved in everything. Um, yeah. We have solved a number of problems with people simply because of hydration issues, either under or over. We actually had this from a female executive in uh, Texas is a, the closest way I'll say it. Um, all kinds of problems, uh, five, six cups of coffee a day, uh, brain fog stuff, headaches, all kinds of things, um, up and down, blah, blah, blah. Run the whole thing. Thought she had maybe mercury, maybe it was, you know, cause similar, same symptoms are common with multiple issues, right? So maybe mm -hmm. mercury overload cause a lot of fish, like all these things, maybe there's something going on. I uh, thought maybe there's like a fungal infection in her gut, you know, some of these things going on. And she was just actually overhydrating massively. Wow. And so we actually just backed her water off considerably within days. She was like, Oh my God, I haven't had been, had, haven't been this focused in years. And like all my headaches gone away, everything gone. And I'm just like, you were actually just basically causing yourself what's called hyponatremia. You're just smashing excessive amounts of water without mm -hmm. understanding electrolyte balance. Um, the opposite is also the problem, right? Where you just have significant problem, um, sleep issues. Uh, hydration can cause sleep issues both directions. So there's actually um, a thing called nocturia, which is excessive urination at night. So if you're getting up and peeing at night, um, every single night, multiple times a night, that's that's a huge indicator of either excessive hydration, but most of the time it's an indicator of a sleep disorder. But we can figure that out. Um, so we can actually use that against are you waking up thirsty or not and figuring out where you're at. And, and so we can actually correct, fix sleep problems um, either by fixing sleep or by fixing hydration or, or the inverse, depending on what the cause is. So those things are intertwined. Yeah. Um, and then just like to jump over to sleep really quickly, it's, I mean, it's, it's, I don't even know how to start here. Cause it's, it's everything right. Um, you know, with that absolute rest company, uh, which is separate from rapid, but we, we work together quite a bit. Um, like the, the amount of people that they, I'll put it this way. Here's, here's a quick story. We had a, an individual in, I'll just say, I'll say the Midwest, but I don't give away too much. Um, and he was a trader. 
this is the way I'll say it. And he sort of tracked, he had a wearable, uh, sleep wearable, like an aura ring or something. Yeah. I think it was aura. And he had the last four years tracked of his aura data against his trades. And he had a very specific and almost direct correlation between money lost on trades and bad sleep and the inverse. And so when we were working with them and, you know, got the part about like, okay, it's cost this much. He was just like, I don't give a fuck because I've right. lost millions with bad yeah. sleep. And he's like a few thousand dollars, like no chance I care. Right. Like, holy cow. And it wasn't probably two weeks in where he's just like, you guys changed my life. Wow. Like, All right, go. And we've That's seen awesome. that routinely. We've got construction worker guys. Um, you know, I haven't slept in the night in 40 years. And now I sleep the night almost every night. Um, mm. So like, it's a very, very correctable thing. If you know what you're doing, the common mistake with sleep is people just go straight to drugs and supplementation. Yeah. Uh, melatonin is a absolute disaster to, to use. Um, it mm. can be some benefit, but we will, we will routinely see people that have like a hundred X the amount of melatonin circulating in a system, then they're actually taking in a supplement. Uh, and that's because that industry is super fraudulent. So you can actually have anywhere between a thousand or higher amount of melatonin in the supplement that's actually on a label. And so people are walking around the next day with again, 20 to 40 to 50 times higher concentrations in their melatonin during the day than it should be. And then they wonder why they're tired. So what do they do? They go to stimulants. And then they have so many stimulants, they can't sleep at night, so they go back to more melatonin. And they're just walking around sedated all day. Um, or, in fact, taking direct sedation stuff, Ambien or yeah. like straight sedatives, right? Um, this, is, this is an absolute destroyer of sleep. This is all symptom-based stuff, right? And it's like, this is great, but you're going to run yeah. your ass from the ground. Yeah. Uh, and this is always what happens, and then, then they just break, right? Something massive breaks. So getting in there and being able to correct these things, and, and supplementation can be used specifically. Um, if you know what you're doing, but we, it's just a huge sleep, sleep, sleep drugs and sleep medications are a, a giant problem with people. Cause it can wreck, like you want to, you want to crash your testosterone, dude, dude, take a bunch of Ambien and melatonin. I've just come to me six weeks later. I guarantee your testosterone will be on the floor. Wow. It just always happens. So yeah, man, it, it's sleep is one of the cornerstones of like, it affects everything. You, you can't name a single physiological function from um, you know, happiness to mood, to decision-making, to executive function, um, to muscle growth, strength development, cardiovascular health. I mean, you can't name one thing that sleep isn't a massive lever on. And so getting a little bit better at your sleep is, is getting a whole lot better at your life. That's amazing. So that's the one game changer. If you said just one thing, no blood work, no nothing, just get better sleep. And it, it's pretty obvious, right? But at the same time, like I'm a night owl, man. I get energy once everybody's kind of in bed and it's calm and you finally get some of that, you know, what I call Brett time. And it's my wife and I just hanging out doing whatever. And it's like, I get more energy. And then I, you know, I have to convince myself to go to bed. But anyway, it's that's actually a whole another podcast. It's actually super normal to um, get an energy burst about 90 minutes prior to sleep. That's an incredibly normal thing. And if you know what to do with that, you can actually use that easily to get into bed like the exact time you want to get it. And getting into bed and like a night owl is not a problem as long as your sleep is correct. We, we deal with shift workers. We deal with athletes that have jet lag. I mean, we got people that just had to go to Abu Dhabi and Dubai and the Bahamas um, and all over the place. So we, you know, our athletes are night owls by definition, right? Baseball yeah. players are playing 7.30 p.m., 7.10 games, right? Like they're, they're never, okay, great. So just figuring out how to dial in circadian biology um, with the nutrition, with your hydration, with your supplementation, with the, when you train and breath work and everything else, um, you can still get 
pretty much perfect night of sleep uh, if you just make a if you put a system behind it. So I don't really care if you're morning people or not. It doesn't matter. But we can fix that. I love the confidence in this man. I'm gonna you're gonna if you could just hang on tight here after I say goodbye to the show because I'm gonna I'm gonna see what it takes to get me uh, signed up for this <laughs> thing. So, but man, it's hey, it's been awesome. Where where do our listeners find more of Andy Galpin? Sure, uh, Instagram and Twitter uh, are the the best places for me, and then uh, okay. my YouTube page is full of all kinds of educational content on, you know, if you want to know like how to lift for hypertrophy or what to eat or fat loss or sort of all that stuff. That's all up on YouTube for free. Beautiful. Um, if you want to work with our sleep company, that's called Absolute Rest. Um, so you can go to absolutrest.com. And if you uh, put in a special little note that you came from this thing, that that, that waiting list is uh, four digits long, if not more wow. at this point. But um, we, we can help move you up that list. And then um, the other executive program is, like I said, Rapid Health. I think it's Rapid Health Report. Okay. Uh, com, and you can sort of see more about that, or just just ping me, and I'll get you in contact with our our team over there, and they'll get you going. Beautiful, awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for being on the Circuit of Success. Enjoyed the time. You got it.